Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and Double Twist. I think I mentioned Audible, not sure, but <laughs> too many, right? But it's a good thing to have them. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show, and it's a great pleasure to have you joining me today. The sun is shining again, which is good after some nasty, uh, nasty weather the past three days. Nothing but rain. Of course, it felt like nothing but rain when the Wild played Colorado late last week. And then luckily, we were able to kind of, sort of, you know, well, you know, <laughs> kind of, sort of right the ship against Anaheim. Not the most exciting games you ever saw, but at least the Wild won both of them after losing basically 11-1 to against Colorado in two games. That was crazy. <laughs> Much closer matches up with the uh, Anaheim Ducks, but at least the Wild won, like I said. So, bottom line, the Wild finished 2-2 two and two in four games. <laughs> Definitely could be worse. Definitely could be better. It is what it is. Colorado is an excellent team. Uh, are the wild chances versus Colorado sunk? No, they're not sunk. It's just, it's just, it was a little bit of a reality check, though. We can't get too high on ourselves, and now we just hope that we don't get too low on ourselves either. That kind of thing. Got to stay even keel. All that kind of nonsense. Three games to preview coming up: St. Louis and then San Jose twice, which I'm totally cool with. Then we start playing Vegas again. Vegas yet again, which I got a sneaky feeling that's going to be the series, though. Right now, if the season ended, Minnesota, Colorado, baby. Well, the last two times Colorado was favored versus Minnesota in a playoff series, the Wild won. And the one time the Wild were favored to win against Colorado, the Wild did not win. So the underdog always seems to win in that series. Three playoff series with Colorado over the years. Very dramatic stuff. Frustrating six-game loss years ago to Andrew Brunette and co. I believe John John Sebastian Jaguer was on that Colorado team, if I remember correctly. Nope, he was on the Ducks. Nah, he was still on the Ducks, and they won the Cup as he was their backup goalie. Nah, whatever. Screw the screw the Anaheim Ducks. Screw the Colorado Avalanche. It's funny how we're talking about both of those clubs today. Is there really a whole lot to say about the two games at Colorado? We got spanked. We got whooped. We got this. We got that. There was just no energy. Uh, the Wild were tired. You could tell they're tired. Blah blah blah. You know, a lot of us may be getting a little too excited, thinking we're 
ready to rock and roll and tear through the league. It just did not feel good. It's funny how the one guy that scored was Victor Rask, of all people, and on the power play. Wrap your head around that. He's the only guy who scored in the entire in the entire two-game series. Colorado would have 11 goals. The Wild would have one. So lots of ones on the board there. 11-2-1. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, on the power play, too. So at least the Wild are finally getting a couple power play goals once in a while. Makes you feel, uh, you know, like about a tiny bit better, I guess. We're up to 10% somehow, yet we're still 31st. So at least we're not in historic territory at the moment, but still 31st overall. 10%. Hmm. We have scored a couple power play goals, haven't we? It's kind of crazy. Um, yep, finally. But uh, obviously, the top lines, the, the top line generally, you know, Victor Rask, Zuccarello, and of course, Kirill Kaprizov, the star of the team generally. Have not been playing as well of late. Certainly not against Colorado. There was just nothing. I mean, the Wild couldn't even get the puck hardly. It was just dominated by Colorado. The, they had the puck pretty much the whole game. It felt like 55 shots on goal. Cam Talbot was hung out to dry. He was just left twisting in the wind. I mean, whatever cliche you want to throw out there, it is what it is. Cam Talbot was fine. I mean, the save percentage was about 91. That's what tells you. About 91 in a game you give up five goals. It means you're facing a little couple too many shots. Uh, we got 20 on Philip Grubauer. Woohoo. And guys like Miko Ratnan look like, look like uh, I, don't know, I don't know, Mario Lemieux. Nathan McKinnon looked like Gretzky. Landeskog looked like, uh, I don't even know. He looked like uh, Landeskog a couple of years ago when he was scoring more points, that kind of thing. He was on the board more often. Uh, obviously, he's had some great seasons, Gabriel Landeskog. Certainly not the cheap shot artists they were years ago. Uh, this used to be a kind of a, or it's not even if they're cheap shots. They were trying to goat the young wild players years ago when guys like Granlin and Gr- Granlin Gronlin were considered young players because they were back in good old 14. But, um, and McKinnon was looked on as the next Gretzky practically out there. Boy, they loved him. And he's a great player. He's a top two, top three player on the planet with the McDavid's, the Drysiddles, and McKinnon's. <laughs> and, of course, Sidney Crosby. Sid, uh, not so much of a kid anymore. Sid, the 30-plus-year-old. <laughs> Colorado looks good, though. Um, they're top-heavy. If somebody gets hurt, they're bleeped. I mean, that's a that's a fact. If somebody gets hurt, they're screwed. But uh, at the same time, well, <laughs> if they're healthy, they're dangerous. And obviously, if the wild, with the Wild, if somebody gets hurt, we're screwed. And we're screwed, all right. When you have guys like Luke Johnson, uh, something called, I can't even remember his name hardly, uh, <laughs> uh, Cramarosa, something called Cramarosa out there. I don't know. I mean, yay, he got in a fight. That's cool. He got in a fight. That was nice to see, I guess, if you care about that. I kind of care. I kind of don't. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, I don't know, it was depressing. That was against Anaheim, though, not in that game. Not against Colorado. He didn't play against Colorado, but Luke Johnson did. They're just, uh, you know, they're guys that were draft picks for other teams years ago that never really made it, you know, just kind of fringe NHL, AHL, this and that. You know, nothing personal. Don't want to be rude to him, but it's just, just nothing going. Wild stuck in the face-offs again, just like, uh, obviously. And it's not just me saying it. Oh, my God. you just I'm seeing something that's just unbelievable. But, <laughs> no. Um, if Coach Dean Evison can say we suck at face-offs, then I, host of Brave the Wild, 12-year, 12-and-a-half-year, 13th year on the uh, doing it, host of Brave the Wild, can say the Wild suck at face-offs. Okay? So I, I'm going to say it. <laughs> they suck at faceoffs. Yeah, it's like duh. Victor, uh, no, not Victor Rask. Hartman, four of twelve, four wins, twelve losses. Victor Rask actually was halfway decent, over fifty percent. Ten of nine, he had ten and he lost nine. 
And I guess Jewel Erickson Eck won sticks, lost four. So you had some good moments here and there. I don't need to just read up and down this type of thing. It's just still. The puck possession in this game was uh, just dropping F-bomb when it comes to the Wild. It was not good. Oh, my God. Just look at all the X's on the Colorado side. I had to pull up soda. Soda. Or, excuse me. I keep calling it soda stick. That's a store. Natural stat trick. Wild versus the freaking avalanche. Oh, my Lord. It was uh, It was fun. It was lots of fun throughout the whole series. Lots of red for Colorado and not a whole lot going for Minnesota at the end of the day. It was uh, beautiful stuff. Natural statric, obviously love it. Analytics and all that, you know, heat map and such. And I've loaded up the heat map now. It's not really that red. It's just that it's the whole gosh darn zone. Uh, they, they whooped our butts. It's so depressing. Uh, the Wild is just like a couple little, just a couple little smudgings, and then Colorado is just everywhere. I guess there is, it's like an orange, color, so it's kind of red in certain areas where there was a lot of uh, good chances for Colorado in this game. It was all over the place. They kind of did whatever they wanted. And, of course, they scored uh, four official goals. The fifth one was a uh, empty netter. Uh, 55 shots, though. It's just like, what What the hell can you do? Like uh, <laughs> a, certain, a certain old Viking coach might say. What the, hell, what the hell can you do? Last week we shut teams out. This week we give up 55 shots. What, what, the, hell, what the hell can you do? That's kind of what it was like. Well, let's just move on. I mean, obviously we lost that game and got our butts kicked and, and just flush this one out, like uh, Kevin Fulness would say. <laughs> just flush this one out. We only lost 7-1. to one. It's just one game, you know. No, I remember that against like teams like Dallas, 7-1 to one and such in the past. So much fun topping, uh, talking about games like that. So while we're at it, let's just have some more fun. Let's talk about the 6 nothing game. <laughs> Yeah, it went from Thursday, 5-1, to one, 6 nothing, a game on Saturday, March the 20th. Again, uh, I should mention, I've not been feeling my best, so please uh, bear with me. I apologize if my voice is a little bit funky. Of course, at least I can breathe now, but now you know how colds go. They start in your sinuses and move to your throat area and coughing and such, so I might have to deal with the, the cough button, so to speak. It's, it's a little, it's a little, it's like a sideways equal sign. Yeah, it's called the pause button. Well, we gave up. We only gave up 42 shots in this game. Kakinen was facing a little bit of everything. The Wild put up more shots, but it still felt like a diseased effort. It just was frustrating. At least we got 31 shots on net. That's the good part. But we all know how that can be kind of an overrated stat. This and that. Let's go to stat trick again. Natural stat trick. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's like you don't even want to talk about games like this because they're depressing. But you gotta. But you gotta. If you're going to do a show, you got to talk about it. And, well, it is what it is. We'll let this thing pop up. Of course, yeah, the Wild don't score a bleeping goal the whole game. Grubauer was very sharp. And I should mention this on the side. Somebody in the fantasy league I play in for for uh, Yahoo, not the uh, not the podcasting one on ESPN. That one's been fun also. Kill, you know, Kill McCarr missed an amount of games or whatever. Somebody cut him. I was shocked. And he was just sitting there. I'm like, oh! <gasps> Yeah, so I put in a claim with, uh, obviously, I threw in the, the, you know, you can bid a certain amount of money. It's Kale McCarr. I got him. I got Kale McCarr. Holy crap. I was pretty shocked because somebody had cut him. And then, well, he was playing against us the night before. And it's like, okay. <laughs> well, he had multiple points in this one. I don't think, I, yeah, I didn't get points from him in this one. So I don't have to feel too dirty with uh, Kale McCarr's points going against us. But uh, right after that, yeah, I got him. I mean, stunning. I'm sure you all care about that, but still, you might care about the thought that somebody would be crazy enough to cut Kale McCarr, at least put him on the IL or something. You know, I mean, it's not just, 
You know, it's not a mid-range kind of player here. So, cool. Nathan McKinnon, three more assists. Landis got another three-point game. Jeez, Mika Ratnan, not quite as dazzling, but he still was a plus three. That top line is just ridiculous. They're, they're tough to deal with, and they did dominate the puck most of the game again. Not as much. The Wild got better as the game progressed, but still couldn't score. That's pretty much the story in this game. The Wild got better as the game progressed. It started out like shit, pardon my French. It gradually got better. Colorado would get more dangerous chances. And uh, as I try not to cough to that, sorry. <laughs> um, Capo Kakadin's nine-game win streak came down in, in avalanche. It got buried in an avalanche of shots and uh, scoring chances from the Colorado avalanche. Uh, lots of There's actually more red in this game. And that's probably why they beat him so badly. Six goals against Capo Kakadin. All They all counted against him. Still has a great goals against average, great save percentage on the season, 2.29 despite that awful game because he did have multiple shutouts during the course of the season. Save percentage for both of the goalies, right around 92. There's a 0.02% difference between Capo and Cam Talbot. So, kind of cool. Um, Capo slightly ahead in everything. 12-5 and five record, of course. Again, a nine-game win streak. Second best in franchise history. Number one goes to Dubnik during that 17... Uh, during that 16-17 season where the Wild went on a spectacular 12-game win streak and ended up losing to Columbus on New Year's Eve. That was depressing. Um, that was a bummer. Uh, oh, man, it was so much fun, though. Wasn't it during the Christmas season the Wild were playing so well? But we all know no Stanley Cups are won in December. No Stanley Cups are won in March or April. So they're won in October once in a blue moon, once ever. But, uh, yeah, they're not one during the, during the early, uh, very early spring, late winter season. Ah, man. Hmm. But, yeah, at least it was a nice run, I guess. Kapokakana number two with eight, and Nicholas Backstrom with, uh, excuse me, Kapokakana with nine, Nicholas Backstrom with eight, pardon me. Six-nothing demolition derby, not much fun to watch. It was irritating as hell. The Wild would get chances, just couldn't effing score. And it was so frustrating. <laughs> You're just begging, please put something in. Anything, anything. Just just please put something in. When it was 2 nothing, couldn't get anything going. You had a three-goal for a uh, third period, 5 nothing. It's like, just bleep this. You don't even want to watch the third period. And Valerie Nishushkin uh, was able to uh, add, add his sixth goal of the year for the sixth goal of the game. Um... Jeez, they're, they're just, it, that's what kind of game it was. I mean, that's just what kind of game it was. That's what kind of series it was. So if it was a six, if it was a best out of seven series, the Avalanche have won in uh, four to two. They've won the series four games to two. If this was a best of seven, the Avalanche would have won. Of course, the Wild would have a couple more home games against this club to wrap up the season series. We'll see what happens. Maybe we finish four and four. We'll see. Because uh, there's a pretty good chance these two clubs are going to match up in the postseason. We'll see what happens, though, because the Wild play St. Louis eight more times. We have not played them once. And it is March 25th. We play them tonight. So we'll see. If we beat up on St. Louis, we'll stay at least in third place second place, and then it depends how things go between Colorado and Vegas, of course, because it's like the good old days, where fourth place makes the playoffs, you play the first place team, second place plays the third place team, just like the good old days in the Norris Division, Campbell Conference, blah, 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 Minnesota versus the Blackhawks, and St. Louis versus, uh, who's the other couple teams there, Toronto, probably, um, I can't remember now, damn, because I remember there was Minnesota, St. Louis, Chicago, those were like the mainstays in that division. I think we had, 
think we had Tampa Bay, like the, the very first year, I think they were in our division, their very first year, which is weird, but, and then Toronto was in our division, I know that much, back in the day, but Toronto was never in the playoffs in the early 90s, they just weren't good back then, can't remember, shoot, now I'm remembering, it was the Detroit Red Wings, of course, they were in our division, it seems so foreign now, because they've been in the Eastern Conference for a while. But yeah, I mean, Detroit was always the mainstay in the Western Conference back in the day, or uh, Campbell Conference. It was Detroit, that's who it was. The North Stars played the Blackhawks, the Blues, and the Red Wings, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's who it was back in the day, or Toronto instead of the Red Wings, because back in the 80s, the Red Wings never made the playoffs, kind of like now. It's weird. But yeah, 6 nothing demolition derby, de depressing. Let's move on to... A couple of not very exciting games, but at least the Wild won. It was it was that kind of situation with Anaheim, especially the first game. A lot of that same kind of malaise that we saw against Colorado. I mean, it was malaise. It's like they just dominated the puck the whole game. I don't know if it was lack of confidence, fatigue, or what, but it's like they it's like the Wild were just like, okay, what do we do? I mean, what the hell? And that's kind of the look I saw on uh, Kirill Kaprizov's face against Colorado. It was just like, what the hell can I do out here, man? I don't know. And you felt kind of a similar malaise, and you see the guys that are scoring in these games are guys that haven't been scoring much of the year. You know, Ryan Stewart finally scored his first goal of the season, finally. It was a nice shot, obviously, nice shot on net and all that. Uh, another power play, so there you go. At least we're getting power play goals <laughs> once in a blue moon. Ryan Stewart, obviously everybody's frustrated with the thought of Stewart on the power play. I mean, you know, Spurgeon finally getting a couple points this week. Good for him. He's actually, he actually had a really nice week, let's be honest. Spurgeon, when we actually scored goals anyway. <laughs> Nick Bukestad, who obviously doesn't score a whole lot. He's the typical, you know, bottom six type of player. Susie and Sturm factoring on his goal. It was obviously nice getting the puck on net. It's just simple as that, pretty much. Ended up being the game winner in a 2-1 to -one game that wasn't all that exciting. And, you know, gosh, well, 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 more than half into the game, the Wild finally scored. It's just it's like, ugh, it, it was not a fun game to watch. And you're going against a 40-year-old goaltender. We only mustered 23 shots on the guy, but luckily two of them went in. And Cam Talbot has been unbelievable at home, and the Wild have been unbelievable at home as well. I believe we have 10 straight home wins now, which is a franchise record. Cam Talbot has been unbelievable at home. Kakinen's been unbelievable on the road, except in Colorado, I guess. But, uh, yeah, he's had a couple of bad games against Colorado this year, actually. Um, Talbot, yeah, I mean, Talbot faced 55 shots. Nobody can, you know, <laughs> what the hell are you going to do about that, honest to God? And again, it just does not help with Dumba obviously getting hurt against uh, the Blackhawks. They're Blackhawks. They, they look like the Blackhawks, don't they? The, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, an ankle, like 90% chance it's an ankle. Of course, we don't want to say that out loud because we got to worry about the safety of the players. I know, but I mean, it's obvious. Anybody that saw it. What, what else could it be? Um, you know, when your skates just kind of go into the boards, when you're sliding right into the wall, what else could it be? You know, that's what happened to Suter, but uh, not as severe as Suter. They're talking how it's obviously, it's not as bad as it looked, but, you know, a couple of weeks probably still, unfortunately. I mean, you're just missing too many guys. It's, it's so depressing. Uh, obviously, and I mean, obviously, missing Felino has just been a huge, miss, uh, huge, huge thing. He's an unbelievable third-line player. He's not a second-line or first-line guy. He's just an incredible third-line type of guy. Unfortunately, that is most of the team. I mean, Greenway is capable of being a top, uh, you know, top six type of guy. 
and Eck is kind of like in the middle. He's like a middle six. He could be second and third. I would never put him on the fourth line at this stage. Zuccarillo, kind of, he's like a middle six to me, even though he can be so spectacular. But his magic seem, is seeming to be running out lately. Uh, the Wild did not do well in the faceoffs again against the Ducks. Ducks dominated the Wild on the faceoff in this game. Dominated. Only Benino had a win, uh, had a winning percentage. I guess Bukestad did too, but barely. It's like three to one. Woohoo! Um, Drew Larson, you know, he's got to get better at it. Hartman's not good at it. Rask is just mediocre. You could go on forever. Uh, nice to see Sturm get a point. Doesn't have a whole lot of assists on the season, but it kind of is what it is there. Two to one win for Minnesota in a not very exciting game, but at least a win's a win. It's just it stopped the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. That's what matters most at the end of the day. 3-2 to two win last night versus the Anaheim Ducks. Again, not an exciting game, but slightly better than the day before. Wild wind up with three goals. I mean, that's the only thing that's better pretty much is three versus two, though we also gave up two in the game. But uh, the good news is we never trailed in the game. Anaheim kept tying it up. Very physical, very back-and-forth kind of game. Ryan Miller was in net both games, and we only mustered uh, five total goals against Ryan Miller. Good job for him, to be quite honest, because, I mean, I, I mean, you'd think that was John Gibson in that. He's obviously struggled a bit lately, but there's just not a whole lot of energy in front of him. Not a whole lot. It's been it's been ugly for the Ducks this season. And there's talk of how, yeah, I mean, Kevin Fiala's just on an island out there. It's sad. Like, he, he does the best he can. He got four shots on goal, generally speaking. He does the best he can, but he's on his own, and he's easy to defend because of that. Jewel Erickson just absolutely demolished in the face-off circle. 13, 13 losses, 3 wins. What is going on, man? What is going on? Rask, 2 and 9. 2 wins and 9 losses. It's just it's just stuff. You know, you don't want to necessarily look at stats and go up and down, up and down, but it's like, what the fudge knocking? What the fudge knocking? You know, Adam Henrik, the opposite, 13 and 3. Great record. Like the <laughs> It's like the 2011 Vikings versus the 2017 Vikings. <laughs> yeah, basically. Adam Henrik, jeez, that's pretty crazy. Um, obviously, just again, not an exciting game, but exciting to see Nico Sturm's hustle and the way he was able to get to the net and finish. That was awesome. Um, super thrilled, though, to see uh, Spurgeon get a couple goals in the game. Just, again, putting the puck on net. Obviously, he redirected a shot in one of the cases. I believe it was from Susie. Susie putting the puck on net. Yeah, Suter. Excuse me. What am I saying Susie for? Suter put the puck on net. And Jared Spurgeon was able to redirect it at the last moment. He kind of knocked it down. And Kirill Kaprizov, thank God, finally got another point. He'd been so quiet, the poor guy. And I can't imagine the frustration. 16th assist on the year, though, which is way at the top for Minnesota. Um, Spurgeon, again, another assist from Studer. This one was just simply putting the puck on that on the power play, which is what you want to do to hope generate some kind of uh, a rebound or something. And, you know, it went in. And Spurgeon, multiple goal game. And, of course, again, uh, Nico Sturm off of Bukestad's shot bouncing away. I thought Ryan Miller had the puck. I really did. It's like, okay, it's just a simple situation where you're putting the puck on Ned. Miller has the puck. He's going to either freeze it or flip it to a, you know, a defenseman when they're ready to go. And he just never had control of the puck for some reason. I don't know what happened to Ryan Miller there. I'm sure he's just furious with himself at that moment. Nico Sturm, hustle. That's, that's what it's all about, hustling. And just poking the puck. Because once in a while, things work out. And Nico Sturm went up with his fourth goal of the season. Ended up being the game winner. As Anaheim would go after Talbot pretty good down the stretch. Went up with 30 shots on that for Anaheim. One of their better moments there. That was a pretty good third period for Anaheim. 
versus Minnesota and winning all those faceoffs and all that. Puck possession definitely dominated by Anaheim in the third period, but Cam Talbot was very solid, very clutch down the stretch, and the Wild ended up winning the game. 3-2, to two. thank you, Cam Talbot, <laughs> along the way. Uh, and Anaheim just not able to score. It is what it is. It is what it is. With that said, the Mike Madonna Award winner for this week, it's going to go to Jared Spurgeon. Uh, he's been he's been due. He's been due for a Mike Madonna Award. M- you know, multiple goals. He had two goals, one assist. You know, I mean, you could even say it's Cam Talbot. What a strong week he had as well. A couple of wins here. A couple of wins at home and all that. Very strong couple of games. But again, you know, <laughs> holding his own... Getting a save percentage of about 91 versus the Colorado team with 55 shots isn't anything to, to sneeze at. I mean, five goals sucks, but it's 55 effing shots. I mean, what are you, you going to do against one of the best lines in the NHL, if not the best? So Talbot's going to get an honorable mention just for that reason. Of course, the fact he wound up with two wins anyway. Uh, the James Shepard Memorial? Mm, I don't know. I, I'm going <laughs> to... It was an overall frustrating week, generally speaking. The injuries, not winning in the face-offs, it's just, ugh. You know, it's it's kind of another multiplayer thing where there's no single guy you just want to bash on and beat up. You know, it's just just the, the, the lack of puck possession in, in a lot of these games is extremely frustrating and just not being able to win face-offs. I don't understand it. Uh, Parisi actually was pretty solid for the most part, but now, now he's out with COVID, supposedly, so... We all know how that can be. Maybe, hopefully, it's a false alarm, blah, 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 false positive, as they call it. But um, it's nice to see Spurgeon now suddenly at up to nine points. He was stuck at, like, three or four for the longest time. Now he's at nine, so he's, he's picking it up a little bit. Obviously, a worthy power play uh, a worthy power play defenseman, even though it would be nice to see, obviously, Dumba, but he's hurt, so what are you going to do? And then, you know, somebody like Susie, who I'll, uh, actually, he didn't have a very good week, to be quite honest, since moving up to the... Uh, second pairing he's not as good he's 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 a more solid third pairing guy that's just a reality sometimes you know some guys just aren't as good as you think in when they when their roles move up obviously guys moving up to second line that don't belong there they're not going to do well uh, and Victor Rask is no solution at any in, in, in any top six it's just not going to happen he's a bottom six guy if not bottom three if you know what I mean but <laughs> just a fourth liner uh, he's had some nice moments he can be clutch but you know, he's more of a quirky clutch guy. He's not a star. He's not a, uh, obviously he's not a star, but I mean, he's not a, you know, he's not a reliable top six or even middle six type of guy at the end of the day. He just has his moments. Hopefully uh, this club can find some type of solution to help Fiala become more, you know, <laughs> you know, get get the production out of Fiala that you know is, is there. The production's there. It's just that if he doesn't have somebody there to help him out, you know, like a legitimate center, he's going to struggle. Him and Eric Stahl were actually pretty good together. Stahl was slow, but at least he set up Fiala really nicely. That's why Stahl got so many points last year, despite the fact he looked like he's done. Like, he looked cooked out there, but he really set up Fiala nicely, and the two of them, you know, really had some nice points last year. They were in the top three the the rest of the season in scoring for the Wild, Fiala and uh, Eric Stahl. So Stahl's missed in that sense. It's just obviously the reliability and, uh, you know, guys like having to lean on Eric Stahl, guys like Eric Stahl all the time. Those days had to come to a close, obviously. You don't want to just come here and raise your family. You want to come here and win a cup. If you end up raising your family on the side, fine. But uh, let's let's win a cup. You know, let's win a cup. Let's compete for a cup, blah, blah, blah. 
with that said. So, the face-off circle, generally, I'm going to say is the uh, the big, big thing. But obviously, one of the duds of the week would have been would have been Susie. Disappointing. Uh, Rask has not been nearly as good, even though he did get one of the... He got the only goal in Colorado, which is funny. Um, Eric Sinek hasn't been as good. I don't think so. Zuccarillo's just vanished. Like, he's kind of like... God, he's, he's vanished. He's a point of game still, which is crazy. That just tells you how good he was playing for a while there. He's still a point of game. But um, frustrating, frustrating uh, generally for some of these guys. Thank God we came out 2-2 two and two at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a quick break and we'll preview the three games against two teams. Here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, and the song you just heard. Boy, that is the song I always think about when I look at the NCAA hockey bracket. Of course, men's Minnesota is back in the NCAA hockey tournament, and all five Minnesota colleges are in the NCAA tournament. Going to be cool. Hopefully, at least one of us wins it, and I'm obviously rooting for the Gophers by far over the others. That's just how it is. I'm a Gopher fan, damn it. Uh, also, again, we're going to preview two, uh, three games against two teams. That's where the confusion comes in. We play the Shocks twice. We play St. Louis once and all that good stuff. But first, let's hear from Vigit, the Vigit application. They are affiliated with Brave the Wild and my other podcast, Purple Mafia and Timberwolves Explosion now. The Vigit application, it's basically free sports betting. So on social media, it's, it could be a social media for uh, sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Yeah, you could uh, you, you could have a betting league, a month long betting competition to see who is the best sports better over the course of a month. You can bet free coins and win real prizes. Again, this is not betting real money. It is uh, it is play money. It kind of looks like Bitcoin in a way. That's kind of like probably what they're going for with the logo, the V with the little lines through it. Uh, again, it's an application you can get on Apple or or uh, Google slash Android. You get the idea. That's what basically what smartphones are. Apple or Android these days. Uh, again, like some kind of a national betting thing, like, of course, the NCAA tournament for basketball. They should have one for hockey on there, too, but I'm guessing it was the basketball one. That was a big thing as well, like, you know, your picks and everything, brackets, this and that. But maybe you can bet individual games at this stage. Uh, that's something you can do where the bracket wouldn't be the case. But you could bet individual games like hockey, basketball, football, soccer, anything. It, it It's fun to do, and it's free. It doesn't hurt anybody, and again... They're like national competitions where you could actually win real prizes, this and that. And, of course, have fun in some kind of a league with, say, like I create a Brave the Wild league where we bet uh, games during the course of a month, this and that. And i got to get that thing set up. But do join the Vigley application when it says referral. Uh, uh, referral, who referred you, basically put Paladino Live. All one word, Paladino Live, and I'll put that in the show description. I'm doing this on the fly. I was going to create an application, but I seem to do it better on the fly. Sometimes creating an ad, it just never sounds right. Sometimes it's just better to just just do it on the fly, this and that. And that's how I'm going to handle it for now. Maybe eventually I'll actually create an ad. I used to be able to do that kind of stuff. But uh, now I'm just maybe I'm just not patient enough for it. NCAA Hockey Tournament, we'll get to that very shortly. I just pulled that over here. But uh, we got the wild to talk about first. And then we'll talk about the NCAA Hockey Tournament when it's prospect conversation. As, well, most of them are in Boston College. And guess what? They're... <laughs> 
Yeah, they're in the same super region as the Minnesota Gophers. Not the immediate region, but the super one, so to speak. Let's move to Minnesota Wild Hockey first. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, we finally play the St. Louis Blues. Ah, it's only March 25th. March 25th, and we finally play the Blues. About time, and we got seven more to go after tonight. Well, they're banged up a little bit, but it's mostly lower-end players. No offense to any of them. And, of course, Zach Parise, COVID-19 protocol, lower body injury, most likely an ankle, but, you know, and then uh, foot for Felino, that type of thing. Those are, uh, we'll see with Felino, probably a crack, a fracture of some sort for him. That can take like a month or more. Dumba, like probably a week or two more to go, but like at least one week already as of March 18th. Yeah, already a week ago. And then Zach Parise, COVID-19 protocol. For the St. Louis Blues, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, torn ACL, ouch, for Oscar Sundqvist. He's out. He's out as of March 19th. That's unfortunate. Torn ACL, left game. Yeah, he just left the game. You know, it's only a torn ACL. Come on. Mackenzie McEachern, that's a cool name. <laughs> Sounds like an Irish-Canadian. I think so, most likely. Upper body injury for him, so, you know. And then you get right knee, left game for Carl Gunnarsson way back on Feb 22nd. That doesn't sound good. Uh, who knows what that is? They didn't say ACL or anything. Where, where it's like when it's an ACL, it's an ACL. I mean, it is what it is. Um, it's unfortunate with injuries and such. Our injury is pretty significant, of course. And then Parisi's out. You know, he's third line player. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, eight more games. Eight more games to go with St. Louis, of course, tonight. Then you get April 9th, April 10th, April 12th, April 26th, 28th, 30th. Wow. And then May the 2nd. It's all like four games in like the final part of the season. So, boy, don't lose all those games. You might be done. <laughs> Postponed game versus the Los Angeles Kings on the 15th of March. St. Louis Blues lost to the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> Sorry. 4-1 to on March 17th. Happy St. Patty's, Los Angeles. San Jose Sharks got swept by St. Louis in back-to-back games. Nice job by the St. Louis Blues there. 2-1 to one and 5-2. to two. And then Vegas put the whoop-ass on St. Louis. Bennington looked awfully frustrated. 5-1 to one defeat a couple nights ago. The Vegas Golden Knights beat the Blues pretty good. It is what it is. Wild uh, played. Yeah, Wilder playing on a back-to-back. St. Louis is on a three-day rest. So, okay. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. St. Louis is... 16th in the league in goals for Wilder, 18th. Goals against 21st. Bennington, yeah, struggling. Wilder, 8th in the league in goals against, even after that demolition in Colorado. 19th on the power play, 19.1%. Wilder now 10%. We're finally in double digits, but still last place in the National Hockey League. 27th place in the penalty kill. 73.3 for St. Louis. So take advantage on the... Power play, Minnesota. Well, hey, yeah, take advantage on the power play, please. Fifth in the penalty kill for Minnesota, 85.3. Penalty minutes, Minnesota and St. Louis, both in the bottom half. Basically, 16th for St. Louis, 20th for the Wild. So, meaning, like, it's bad. Like, the more penalty minutes you have, the worse you are, so to speak. St. Louis Blues still have a lot of their better players. Jordan Bennington has never been the same since his unbelievable rookie season where he won the Cup and everything. It was phenomenal. David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly leading the club in scoring. Not too surprising there. Guys like Braden Shen, Mike Hoffman, who was the new addition in the offseason, has eight goals on the year with 20 points in 31 games. Vince Dunn, he's a guy a lot of people thought was going to be a little bit better. He's been just adequate pretty much. He's like a you know bottom pair pretty much. Marco Scandella, former Wild player. We've almost forgotten about that guy. Only four points for the Blues. 
in 25 games. Thank God for the cough button. Okay, sorry. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko finally returns, and he's got five points in eight games. Only one of them goals, but hey, you know, nice addition, obviously. He's doing kind of what uh, Kaprizov is doing early on with all the assists at the beginning, setting players up rather than uh, doing the scoring, but we'll see what happens. Tarasenko's had a lot of success against Minnesota in the past. Uh, so, well, at least uh, Jordan... Uh, <laughs> At least Jake Allen isn't in net. It's Jordan Bennington. We'll see what happens. Bennington's had some success against Minnesota in the past, though. But uh, he's not having a great year, and he had a much worse season last year. St. Louis competitive this year. Obviously, they had a they had a good record last year, but then things just went down the toilet in the bubble. It was like ridiculous. They got they went just down the tubes. Uh, Perenko is not having much of a year either. He's been he's been out quite a bit, but he's healthy now. Vili Husso is the backup, and he's giving up 3.4 goals against. Save percentage, 88.5. That's not going to get it done. Bennington, again, just mediocre at best. Kind of looked like uh, Stalock and Dubnik right now. Kind of. No no offense, but that's kind of what's happening. Chance for the Wild to maybe put some points on the board here, get their offense rolling. Take care of take care of this team, if you can. Uh, we'll see. we only got eight more games to go against them, so uh, let's... Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's take care of business here. They're a beatable team. They're certainly not as scary as some people thought, but I'd say they're still on the uh, fringe playoff team. They're probably better than Arizona at this stage. Arizona's been very frustrating uh, off and on during the course of the season, and I do think they have more weapons in St. Louis than they do in uh, Arizona at the moment. At the moment. What, what are the Wild going to do tonight? I don't know. I, I got to think the Wild win this game, win our third game in a row. And I gotta think so. Another home win. What would it be? Our eleventh win in a row, continuing the franchise record. That'd be awesome. Uh, the Wild have a chance to really build something this week. Maybe you know, win up to five games in a row here with the Sharks and the Blues. I gotta hope so. Uh, if, if the Wild come out flat tonight and lose, I think I'd, I'd be very disappointed. To be quite honest, I think the Wild end up winning the game. Capo Kakinen, you gotta put him back in at some point. I, I would hope so, especially in a back to back. We'll get to see Capo Kakinen. I think he gets the job done. The Wild win 4-2 to two over the St. Louis Blues. 4-2 to two win at the end of the day. Maybe it's an empty netter or something like that. Maybe this thing goes into extra uh, in the extra period and the Wild end up scoring an OT. I, I don't know. But 4-2 uh, to two win for Minnesota. That's where I'm standing right now. Most likely guy to score in the game is going to be Kevin Fiala. He's due. He's due. But again, I, I suppose... Uh, I suppose he really needs a center. And if the Wilder are going to trade for anything, even if it's just like a decent guy and you don't have to give up the farm, just a decent middle six kind of center, but who's, who's a good playmaker, that kind of thing, uh, you know, where you don't have to give up the farm. Because I don't think this franchise is willing to give up the farm right now and go crazy, go all in and, like, screw up everything and, you know, trade away like Boldy and such. I, I wouldn't be really happy with that, to be quite honest. And Dumba's trade value just continues to drop, unfortunately, because he's just, you know, he's not as good as some people thought. It's no offense. You know, he's, I'd like to believe he's a 50-point guy. I, I know the skill is there, but the results haven't been. So, I mean, that's why. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe, I hope I'm not pissing people off, offending people by saying this kind of thing. And also by saying Parisi was never really like a superstar, because he wasn't. Parisi was never a superstar. A star, maybe, not a superstar. At the end of the day, there's a difference. You know, he, he was never a McDavid. He was never really, you know, he was never a dry little like, you know, type of guy. He's not on that level. Malkin, you know, he's about a tier and a half below. 
the end of the day. Wild win 4-2, though. Most likely got a score. I'm still going to go with Fiala. He's got to get his 10th goal at some point. Two, uh, three days off for Minnesota. Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. That's nice. So good break there. Then you get the Sharks in San Jose, the Shark Tank. I think you go with Kakanen again. I mean, he's got to go in one of these games because he's had such an amazing road record. Even though it does look like Cam Talbot's going to get the nod in, you know, two out of three games, I think that might be the ratio for now. Or we'll say three out of five games, something like that. Three out of five, four out of seven, that kind of thing. Because you don't want to go crazy and give one guy the net every night and wear him out. That's the last thing you want, especially when he's, you know, especially when he's north of 30 already. Uh, while the Sharks trail the series, I don't know why they're saying Sharks trail. It should be the Wild lead the series. It's kind of funky, but that's how that goes. <laughs> it's from a from a Sharks perspective, I guess. The Wild won the first game of the uh, first game of the season four to one. Sharks beat us five to three. Oof, six to two demolition derby. It's been a while since we played the Sharks. I think you can take advantage and beat this club. Obviously, the goaltending is what it is. They're twenty second in goals for, twenty fourth in goals against. Way below. Below the 8th place Wild. 23rd power play with 18%. Still, it's not that bad. But it's bad enough, I guess. Uh, penalty kills 15th, which is beatable, of course. 79.4. And penalty minutes, they get a few more than Minnesota. They've gotten a few more anyway. The Sharks are 2-3 and three in their last 5. They lost to Vegas 5-4 to four on the 17th. They lost to St. Louis two games in a row, just like I was mentioning. The 2-1 to one and 5-2. to two. And then they beat the Kings back-to-back. Or not back-to-back, but in, you know... Two games in a row, anyway. Uh, two to one, beat the Kings on the twenty-second and on the twenty-fourth. Four to two victory for the San Jose Sharks. They're one game under five hundred, but it feels like a mile. Obviously, they're not a playoff team. They're not in contention. They'll be in the draft. This and that. Everything, pretty much, almost all their categories are in the twenties, except their penalty kill, which is right in the middle. Devin Dubnik does have one shutout. He's had a couple of moments this year, but goals against average. On this club, they're just—it's not a good defensive team. Even though you have two like potential Hall of Fame defensemen, after that, it's like, ugh, it's—it's it's not a good group of players right now. It's a big mess. Uh, Evander Kane is a never capable scorer. Coulter is obviously an ever capable scorer, and then it's just kind of like it drops off. Thomas Hurdle—he's always been kind of off and on. Brent Burns, future Hall of Famer, 18 points on the year, five goals, and he always seems to pick it up against us, though, and he has every right to because we traded him away. Eric Carlson, who earlier this week said, I didn't sign up for this, like the frustration in San Jose. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did, because you wanted that big, giant contract, and now it messed up the salary cap situation. So, I mean, it is what it is. That'd be like Parisian suitors saying that. Well, yeah, 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 you did. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Sorry. You did sign up for it. I, I hate to break it to you. Sharks only have one guy on the injured list at the moment, or injury uh, status, so to speak. Lower body injury for Matt Nieto as of March the 20th. So that's how that goes. Minnesota in these two games against the San Jose Sharks. There's a very good chance we sweep this club, and I think we should. I think there's a really good chance the Wild go 3-0. and And it might sound way too optimistic, but why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we be able to sweep the Sharks here in these two games and then get a five-game win streak? Uh, I, I, I think this club is ever capable and against the Sharks, you could be having a 5-2 to two type of game, 5-3, to three, maybe have a lower scoring one, but I don't think it's going to be lower scoring as the Sharks. It's going to be like 4-2, to 5-3 to three type games. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is going to get at least his 11th goal on the season in one of these games. We'll say the first one, and then the second game, it's like you want to say Parisi, but I don't think he's going to be playing in any of these. Um, Wish Foligno could come back. I mean, 
that's the one thing that could hurt us. But, I mean, take advantage of these games and win, win all of them. Win all three of them. St. St. Louis might be the one we actually end up losing, sadly. It might be. And I think we sweep uh, the San Jose Sharks. But for now, I'm going to go with the optimistic route. Because the, 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 the St. Louis Blues aren't that good. I'm going to go with the optimistic route and pick the Wild to win all three games, which is a little crazy to some. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's ever possible. Ever possible. The most likely guy to score in the second one will be... Uh, Jared Spurgeon's going to get yet another goal. He's going to get his fourth goal of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been playing great. Why not? Why not Why not Jared Spurgeon getting his fourth goal? The Wild go 3-0. and Now let's talk about the prospects in the NCAA tournament. Other than the NCAA tournament, there's pretty much Iowa at this stage because, you know, obviously college players did not play any games since the last show, other than, of course, well, they they played tournament games, this and that, a, a couple of them, generally speaking, but mostly we were just waiting on this at the end of the day, waiting on this uh, tournament to be posted out for on Sunday. Actually, there were no college games. The last games ended on, like, Monday, and then you had to wait, 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 and uh, get the, you know, wait till Sunday to get this... Uh, to get the bracket out. Uh, obviously, a lot of the Euro Leagues, all the players in the Euro Leagues, those playoffs are already over. It's pretty crazy. And the Junior Leagues are just kind of, you know, just kind of messing around. Ryan O'Rourke is still on the Iowa Wild, which is pretty crazy at the end of the day. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how some of these players do, though, moving forward in this tournament and such. Looking forward to seeing how uh, Mr. Beckman does. I mean, Adam Beckman, love him very much. Obviously, Spokane Chiefs still. But, yep, looks like he's finally, finally playing. Yep, so we get to talk about some of the juniors. Yep, WHL's playing at least, not the Q. Four points already for Adam Beckman in three games. Two goals, two assists. Picking up where he left off, sort of. Obviously off to a good start thus far is Adam Beckman. Very happy for him at the end of the day. I think, yeah, I don't know why I'm going to the EuroLeague with Pavel Novak. Pretty sure this season is over already. Which has got to suck, because then you got to wait forever. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to wait and wait and wait. Yeah, all these numbers are the same from what I remember. Yep. And he was waiting to go to the WHL. And, yeah, he's waiting to go to the WHL. Maybe he's on the COVID protocol. That's probably what it is. You know what, because you're, uh, you know, he's coming from Europe. That's like two weeks at least. So he's stuck in limbo. That sucks. Uh, Philip Lindbergh. I, yeah, there he is. Philip Lindbergh will be in the NCAA tournament. We're going to have so many players in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think, pretty sure, I'll check on Jacob Golden, but I'm pretty sure that Adam Beckman's like the only junior player really playing right now. Other ones are in Iowa at this moment. McGill University. What the heck? For Jacob Golden, McGill University. Okay. Well, because the OHL is not playing, and there's nothing going on in McGill University. So, okay. Some co- Some Canadian college there. God bless him. Um, no, I don't know, man. <laughs> At the end of the day, let's go with Iowa because obviously the Euro Leagues are what they are. You got to see Hunter Jones finally get a win. I'm I'm happy for him. Ryan O'Rourke has had three points on the season in 13 games. He has not been sent to juniors. Joseph Kramarosa, of course, is in Minnesota of all places, and Damon Hunt had a couple moments. I check up on him in a second here. Damon Hunt, obviously a lot of people excited about him moving forward as well. He actually had a pretty good week. He's in the WHL. Yeah, that's right. He had a very strong week. He was the uh, player of the week from MNW Prospects. He's the captain of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Seven points in seven games. Four goals, three assists so far 
of the WHL. At least you got the WHL going, and he is doing fantastic thus far. Uh, he's at a point a game right now. He had only 15 assists la uh, last year when he was an alternate captain of the WHL. And he was in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League bef uh, at, at a point before that. Uh, yeah, Moose Jaw Warriors. He wasn't putting up spectacular numbers, but now it looks like he's taking that next step. It's going to be exciting to see Damon Hunt put some big numbers on the boards. Uh, big numbers on the boards there. That'd be great there, eh? Uh, but yeah, Hunter Jones finally getting a win. He only gave up three goals, and he gets a win the other night. That was awesome. It was against the Rockford uh, Ice Hogs. And then it's a back-to-back -back against Rockford again. He gets, he, you know, they, they force him. They put him back out there, and he gives up five goals, and they lose. It's, it's six goals, six-to-one loss. Come on, man. Put Joseph Rumpel in or something. Rumpel's still out there. Uh, not sure what's going on with Derek Barebo. He's uh, clearly the best goalie in the AHL right now. Hunter Jones has been in eight games. A young, young junior goalie, and you're forcing him out there. One in six record, and it, it's a bummer. He's just too young. Bryce Misley. Bryce Misley's gone pro. It's Misley. Bryce Misley. I'm finally saying it correctly now. Uh, coming from, oh my God, uh, Vermont University. All done. Obviously a couple of frustrating years for him, but we'll see what he does in the AHL. He's obviously on a professional tryout right now. Well, I'm really hoping the best for him. I, I like him. Uh, Calgary, Alberta. Wanted success. You know, you, you feel bad for young guys when they're stuck on teams like that. That just there's just nothing going on. It's like it's like purgatory. Uh, so I mean, it is what it is. I mean, how do you think we all felt about Marco Rossi playing for us, Austria? It was you know worse. You know, like Minnesota versus Colorado, the, the five to one game with the fifty five shots on that. It was worse than that. It was unbelievable. So that's just how that goes. Iowa, you know, they finally got a win, but generally speaking, then they lost right away. So any good feeling you might have had, you don't feel good right away after that. Mason Shaw continues to put up numbers. He's again in and out. I guess he finally got to play in back-to-back -back games. Kalen Addison is dominating. Eight points in only 11 games. A lot of people begging to have him up on Minnesota, but looks like it kind of is what it is. We're going to stick with uh, Brad Hunt right now in a lot of the games playing on the third pairing right side. And, of course, Kalen Edison is more of a, you know, you want to see him in a second pairing, that kind of thing. But, I don't know, and maybe you don't want to put him out there in a second pairing right away this at this age. But he's he's damn good, though. He's damn good. He looked promising with Minnesota in the few games he got to play earlier in the year. Gabriel Dumont is dominating. Generally speaking, he's the by far the leading scorer on Iowa. Uh, and it's like, he's not spectacular, but he's the dominant scorer for the team. Like, every time someone scores, Dumont has something to do with it. An assist or a goal. He's leading the club with goals and assists. Seven goals, eight assists, 15 points in 14 games for Gabriel Dumont. Again, Mason Shaw, very solid. Damien Giroux and Connor DeWeer, just under Kalen Addison, doing well. But, of course, they're centers compared to Kalen Addison being a defenseman. The goaltending has been tough, and again, you feel for Hunter Jones. I mean, it's not something where you're like, oh, well, too bad. No, he's kind of getting thrown out to the wolves here at a very early stage. I hope it doesn't mess up his, I really hope it doesn't mess up his confidence. And Louis Belpedio, I don't know what to think, what's going on. He's been out, and is he, you know, it's been a, it's been a struggle, and it's frustrating. I wish, you know, I think it's his last year with Minnesota. Uh, the Minnesota organization, because I think it's another, it was another one-year deal. I don't think he's coming back. I think this is it. He's going to wind up in some other organization at some point, probably play in the AHL, and we'll see. It's too bad. It is what it is. There's multiple reasons for him to not come back. Looks like there's going to be, uh, becoming a little bit of friction, obviously, with that injury, and here he should be, feels he should be collecting an NHL contract because the, uh, the uh, you know, NHL money at the moment because the injury happened in the NHL came. So, 
Frustrating, frustrating, frustrating at the end of the day. Iowa, not that great, obviously. Let's get to the NCAA tournament before I take much more time up. The number one overall seed, North Dakota, will be playing American International, who's been a giant killer in the past. Hopefully they do it again, because I don't like North Dakota. I don't like North Dakota at all, and they're playing at home, of all places. Shells Arena, Fargo, North Dakota, ESPNU, so they, their region, they'll get to go to, uh, <laughs> there's a pretty good chance they'll be in the Frozen Four with that home ice advantage, but we'll, we'll see. You know, American International's a giant killer, Michigan's very dangerous, and Minnesota Duluth's a multiple national champion very recently. So Michigan and Minnesota Duluth, what a matchup that is in that same Fargo, North Dakota region there. We'll see what happens. Wisconsin will be playing Bemidji State. I think we all know who we want to win there, even though Wisconsin's got some exciting players. Oh, my God. Cole Caulfield's insane. And they almost, can. they were kicking our butts in that third period, thankfully. Jack LaFontaine held on. Whew. Minnesota Gophers win the Big Ten, of course. Bemidji bleeping state. Good job. Uh, hopefully they can do it. Hopefully they can pull it off. Pull off a little upset there against Scotty in the... Uh, Webster Bank, Bridgepoint, Bridgeport, Connecticut region is what it is. Massachusetts, that is with Philip Lindbergh. Go Philly. Go Philip Lindbergh. Really excited about that. Playing against Lake Superior State. They're finally back. I kept, I just kept staring at that. I'm like, wait a minute. When's the last time Lake Superior State was in? It had to be the mid-90s, right? Yep. 1996. Because I remember when they destroyed the Gophers in one of the regions years ago. And went on and won uh, multiple national championships. They won in 88, 92, and 93, if I remember correctly. 94. Uh, 90, yeah, it was kind of like it was like four, a four-year gap and then a two-year gap. But they won three national championships, all with uh, Mr. John, uh, Jackson, uh, who's now coaching Notre Dame. He was, he was He was the coach of that club. All three national championships. Pretty cool. Go Massachusetts, though, even though it would be cool to see Lake Superior State. I always thought it was in Superior, Wisconsin, but it's actually in Michigan. That's kind of weird. They're the Lakers. Cool. Minnesota versus Omaha in the Budweiser Event Center in Colorado. So luckily we're not playing against the Colorado College or Denver or anything, so that would suck. Uh, Omaha is not an easy... It's not an easy matchup, even though they're only 14-10 and 10 compared to the Gophers 23-6. and 6. We're the number three seed in the whole NCAA tournament. Wisconsin's number four because we beat them in the Big Ten championship game and have a slightly better record as well. That was pretty freaking cool at the end of the day. Um, I hope the Gophers can pull this off. Obviously, kind of a tough bracket. It always is. But the super bracket's really tough as well, considering who we might end up playing if we actually get to the Frozen Four. Whew, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> That's like the super bracket, you can say again. Minnesota State will play Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac, who went to the national championship game years ago and got demolished by North Dakota. Ugh. God. I'd take Quinnipiac 10 out of 10 over North Dakota. I think they're my least favorite college team. Them and Denver. I can't stand them. <laughs> for a while there, I had a big dislike for St. Cloud as well. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> Boston College. Again, like I said, the super bracket. Boston College is the number two overall seed in the NCAA tournament, and you got all those wild prospects, every one of them, Boldy, and, you know, Mr. Mason Shaw, you know, it's, uh, man, it, it, it's exciting. All these, uh, Jack McBain, all these stud players that are, uh, you know, great college players, hopefully will go on to be good NHL players, if not great as well. 
it's going to be fun. Nikita Nestorenko, my goodness, he is something else as well. He's in Boston College. He's about a point-a-game guy as a freshman, 19 years of age. So at least four guys there on Boston College. Matthew Boldy, of course. Will he join the, the Iowa Wild or, no, or Minnesota Wild at the end of the year? We'll see what happens. Obviously, great season, great sophomore year. And I think he's going to turn pro, most likely, Consider when you consider... He's a fairly high draft pick. He's been very successful. Odds are he will go pro. Uh, Boston College versus Notre Dame, an ever-frustrating club. Mediocre record. A lot of people thought they shouldn't have made it, and other teams maybe should have had a crack at it. But uh, it is what it is. St. Cloud State versus Boston University is always dangerous. Though people are also thinking, gosh, they missed too many games this year with the COVID protocols. Only 10-4-1 on the year. Weird record. St. Cloud State, though, in the NCAA tournament, and should the Gophers come out versus Minnesota State Mavericks or Quinnipiac. And, of course, you have to beat Omaha before you even worry about that. We might end up playing Boston College, St. Cloud State, or Boston U. That's not going to be easy at the end of the day. I do think the Gophers can absolutely do this. I think they can win the national championship, but Boston College is going to be very tough. North Dakota's what they are. Even Wisconsin could be a pain in the ass. And what if Minnesota Duluth's waiting for us? They always beat us. Teams like Minnesota Duluth and Notre Dame, seems like they always find a way to beat us. But at the end of the day, hoping for the best for the Gophers. I know a lot of you like Duluth. A lot of you like the Mankato State Mavericks. Some of you might like Notre Dame. And if you like North Dakota, boy, I don't want to offend you, but I'm not rooting for your team. <laughs> and if, yeah, I, I think Brennan Quast is a Wisconsin guy as well. MNW Prospects, Brennan Quast. <laughs> yep, and I know Justin Bakke, Minnesota Duluth. So all you guys are, all you guys are against me. I hate it. I hate it. Why can't we be friends? Now, with that said, we'll take a break. I better get to fan interaction and wrap things up. Back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, fan interaction. Looks like there's a decent amount of questions, so that's good. Some of us kind of sad thinking there aren't too many, but it looks like there's some at least, and I appreciate every one of you that interact with this show. I just want to say that right on uh, right now, even if it's quiet, I appreciate those of you that have. It, it means a lot. It really does. Uh, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Vince Germano out of Australia. Justin Bakke, thank you very much. Uh, Locally, Minnesota, and Derek Felska, Western Wisconsin, of course, uh, from Minnesota at the end of the day. All retweeted the most recent episode. Thank you guys so much. Episode 254, Arizona Sweep. This one, we'll see what we call it. It's just kind of a mix. I'm still blanking on what I'm going to call it. And then Derek also shared the episode saying, listening to the latest episode of Brave the Wild as he discusses an exciting Minnesota Wild Week, prospects updates, prospect updates, and fan interactions and comments from Jay Bushy, Ty Sandstrom, uh, Tom Hayen, Deast24, via, via Sports Talk. Give it a listen. Thank you guys so much for that. I believe that's, yeah, yeah, that's Isha. Yep, that's Isha Deast. Oh, that's Justin Backey. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Sometimes I put a blank on the Twitter name because it's not, it's so different from their real name. Like Brave the Whale doesn't exactly say Joey O'Eijan, does it? Thank you guys so much for retweeting and liking and such. Liking what I said or liking what they said, uh, what Derek said. 
So, yep, I, oh, that's nice. Thank you. Looks like Isha actually retweeted it. Yep, Isha and Justin Baki retweeted when he said, uh, when uh, Derek said he was listening to Brave Wild. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, Black Space Gaming, yep. <laughs> I was, yep, I was ranting a bit during that depressing game. Uh, the 5-1 to one game where Cam Talbot faces the 55 so- shots. I was saying, I sincerely feel bad for Cam Talbot tonight. This is BS. And then Black Space Gaming says, we looked flatter than a, a five-day-old pop without a top on it. Yeah, we did. We got our asses handed to us. And I was you know, I was kind of saying, I, I don't care how negative I might sound. It's bullcrap. Radio Fallness followed me. I'm not sure if he's the real Kevin Fallness. I hope so. Maybe. That's cool if he is. Because when you look at who's following him, it might be. So maybe. <laughs> good pods. I hope I'm a good podcast. I hope so. Thank you very much for the follow there also. Uh, hmm. Okay, here we go. I was talking about the retweet. Yep, Derek Felska retweeting the show. Or the, actually, no, from his uh, from uh, Teresa Ferry's column. That's really cool. The preview of the game. So now i got to move up a bit because some of these are kind of like outside and this and that. Then I can get to the BTW MNs and such. Bailey followed. There was an interesting follow, too, as well, that I think might be related to somebody uh, and the Wild Prospects again. It's been happening a little bit lately, which I really, really, really appreciate. Uh, here we go. Now we're getting some. Okay, yep, and then Derek was saying, got a Minnesota Wild question on your mind, and thank you always, Derek. It's, yep, means a lot. It really does. I uh, said, so the NHL stripped... Tim Peel of his officiating duties for his comments about wanting to penalize the team early in the game. <laughs> is he just a, is he just a scapegoat by the NHL for a practice you see in virtually all sports at any level? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I think he is, yeah. Because it seems like it does happen at every level all the time. It does. So I think he is just a scapegoat. So I, I, I agree if that's what you're saying there at the end of the day. Um... Derek says, the NCAA men's hockey tournament field has been announced. Yep, well, yes, yep, I love it. For the first time ever, all five of the Minnesota programs are going to the tournament. What, or excuse me, who do you think of those teams as the best chance to win it all, and why? Who is your dark horse of that group? To win it all, I do think, yeah, I'm a homer. I do think it's the Minnesota Golfers. We are the top-ranked club. Uh, We have really an overall very, very deep team with a very good goaltender. I do think the Govers have the best chance to win the whole thing. I do believe that. Uh, Minnesota State Mavericks have never won a uh, NCAA tournament game ever, yet they do have the best goalie in the nation. So that's a big threat. The second best team most likely to win it, you might say Minnesota Duluth just because, yeah, because they're insane success. Who cares what their record is? I mean, didn't they win it with like one of the worst records of the first their uh their first of their back to backs? Because it's gosh, it seems like four years ago. Yeah, it is three years ago because we didn't get to have a tournament last year. Maybe Minnesota Lewis would have been the first three peat. I would say they're the number two most likely because they just have an overall. They're so well coached. Nick Sweeney's clutch guys like that. They just know how to win. Uh, I don't care what their record is. It's just yeah, they're in a very 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 tough bracket. And, of course, they'd even have to get past uh, the likes of Wisconsin or even uh, Philip Lindbergh, who I think is one of the better goalies in the tournament. There's no question. He's an NHL prospect. Uh, I do believe the Gophers are the most likely team to get it done. I guess the dark horse is Minnesota Duluth in a sense because St. Cloud, I just don't see it. I don't see them winning a national championship. 
I don't. Uh, they're okay, but they got to play Boston University and Boston College potentially. Uh, good luck with that, you know. I mean, that's the one thing that was always the Gophers' weakness in the past, in, in the 90s and in the 70s and such, where the Boston Universities, Boston Colleges, just, ugh. And even in 2012, Boston University knocked the Gophers out in the uh, Frozen Four. There's always this, this uh, there's always one of those Boston, Boston clubs that's going to knock you out, it seems like. Hopefully that's not the case for the Gophers and the Frozen Four going forward. Might end up being none of us, but if it's anybody, I do think it's Minnesota. Yes, it might sound homerish, but, well, we did have the best team this year. We had the best team. Minnesota Duluth is a close second at the end of the day. They are outstanding. Love to see Bemidji State go on a run, especially if they knock out Wisconsin in the first round, which would be pretty cool. That's what they'd have to do to even go on a run is knock them out. But uh, to me, it stands with the Gophers at the moment. Um... Why did they pick this one? Whoops, I probably bumped something. Um, very exciting. I'm really looking forward to this. The Gophers last made the tournament in 2016. We were the number four team and got knocked off by Mickey frickin' Jeff Jackson in Notre Dame. I hated it. Hated it. I hate Notre Dame with a passion. Ugh. And I remember back in the day with Wisconsin, uh, Lake Superior State, what was it, like 8-1 to one or something? Oh, my God. It was like 8-2 to two or something. It was BS. They whooped us back in 92, and that was a good Gopher team. All right, so let's continue. Ah, the Iowa Wild, uh, Derek Felska, I just called him Brendan again. Derek Felska says the Iowa Wild continue to struggle even as they are starting to get some of their ringers back in the lineup, like, like Mayhew. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Does this Iowa Wild team have the ability to turn his fortunes around? What do you think is their biggest, weak, biggest weakness? I would say goaltending at the moment, because uh, I don't know why Derek Brabo hasn't been playing. Is he injured? Is he sick? I would say goaltending, for sure. Um... It's kind of a little bit of everything, but they have scores. They have scores. Maybe the chemistry just isn't right because guys are so up and down, up and down. It's depressing. They have guys that can score. Uh, injuries have obviously been a problem as well. Hunter Jones, I mean, if he's in the net every night, I don't know. I don't think his confidence is where it needs to be. <sighs> Boy, it's not. And I, I can't imagine why it would be. He's literally getting thrown to the wolves. What is he, 19? And he gave up like eight, nine goals in his first couple of games. I hope it's not killing him. I mean, he's a 59th overall pick in 2019. He is 20 as of September 21st. So he's very young, obviously. Very solid for the uh, Petersboro Peets. But that's junior level, which is significantly below the AHL. And he was 19 at the time. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's been a big struggle. Eight eight games uh, for Hunter Jones. I was so happy for him when he got that win the other night against the uh, Rockford Heights Dogs. Doesn't help that Louis Belpedio has been hurt either. It sucks, but goaltending's the weakness. Can they turn it around? Yes, uh, yes. As long as Jones becomes more of the backup, or he goes back to juniors, but he probably isn't going to be able to. It looks like the OHL is just screwing around, just like the Q and uh, the BCHL. Derek Barebo, I, 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 he's he, he's been awesome. Two point three six, but he's been out for some freaking reason. Ah, it sucks. Good player. He's actually a really solid goaltender. He's twenty two years old, and you know he's he's. He's got professional uh, material in him. He started with, I remember he was at the Allen Americans last year for a while and then got called up to uh, Iowa. So he's been good, though, so far. All right, so we'll continue onward. I'll try not to babble too much, even though it's cool to talk about, of course, and Iowa's a big deal to me. I mean, I really, I love focusing on the minor leagues and such because it's nice to have a good, strong minor league where you see guys develop and such. And obviously some veterans that can help those young guys also, like, uh, you know, what uh, Dumont, 
He's been playing great. Derek Felsky continues, says, The Kirill Kaprizov, again, this is at Brave of the Wild, by the way, the Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarillo and Victor Rask line, a.k.a. Lettuce line, has cooled off a bit as of late. Yeah, they are like uh, frozen lettuce or whatever the word is. <laughs> what do you think can be done to get that line going and productive again? Hmm. Well, hopefully the weaker goaltending coming up with <laughs> St. Louis. A little puck lock, a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is things like that. Maybe, obviously, if, it, if you need to switch Victor Rask out for somebody, but that hasn't always had a whole lot of success either. But like a Jewel Erickson Eck, possibly, with Victor Rask, maybe switch those two around, because Eck's back in the third line, which is kind of weird. Eck is, but, you know, when you consider, he's, yes, he's more of a second or third line guy, but uh, on this lineup, what, what are you going to do? I mean, somebody has to be the top line center, and Victor Rask, I don't know. Uh, Matt Zuccarello, you know, they, they need a little puck luck. That's a huge thing, a, a, a little puck luck. Um, and again, the, the weaker goaltending coming up with uh, St. Louis and especially San Jose Sharks, it's, it's stuff like that. Maybe they can really get going. And the Wild do win these three uh, three games in a row this week, putting their win streak to five all of a sudden after getting demolished by Colorado. That'd be pretty cool, actually, should that take place. I do think it's the weaker goaltending, though, that'll help them. Uh, well, there's likes mostly. Here we go, Jay Bushy. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, thank you, Jay, for joining, and I appreciate that. He says, so far, I haven't seen what I thought I would from Fiala. In my opinion, he's a game-breaker, but I've wanted more from him. I, I know that feeling. Oh, my God. Maybe it's always having different line mates or a good center that he has chemistry with. Your thoughts? I think that's exactly what it is. The chemistry is just not there right now. Um, he needs somebody to he needs somebody to make plays for him. He can't do it himself. That kind of thing. He's not as creative as a Kaprizov. That's been a major uh, a major talker of late. He's a great scorer, but he needs he needs a center. He needs somebody to make plays for him. And even sometimes just a winger can make plays for him. Part of me is so curious, man. I, I, you know, like we've all wanted this, but you don't want to put all the best players in the same line, and then all the other lines are like nothing. But I don't know. I mean, it's possible, like a Eck Greenway type of line could could be something. Eck Greenway, Greenway Zuccarello. It's it'd be tough to split up Zuccarello and Kaprizov, but it's not. But if it's not working, why not have Kaprizov and Fiala play together? I I don't know. That might sound crazy, but it's a big problem. Um, some people are even hoping that Marcus Johansson could maybe help uh, a, a little bit because obviously he can play center or he can be a hel helpful guy, a playmaker at the end of the day. Though I haven't seen much from that guy, even though he has returned and we're hoping for the best from him. Haven't seen a whole lot from him. Um, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Fiala's kind of on an island. That's kind of the, that's kind of what's been the issue with him. Uh, that's what it is. And yeah, always having different line mates. It's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess for him right now. It's been a frustrating year, but he's more than worthy of being an elite scorer in the NHL. I, I truly believe that. Teresa Ferries, here we go. And this was a cool question, actually. Says, if the Wilds power play was an 80s movie, what movie would it be? <laughs> I know Tom Hayen has a funny one here. He says, better off dead. I was saying I have to think about it because I wasn't really sure. And then I came up with, whenever they actually score, I would call it they live. Like, yeah, they live. They're alive. Otherwise, what was the other one I was thinking about? It was something like, well, it's definitely not the three amigos, more like the lost boys. 
<laughs> I kind of like that. Like when they don't score, the Lost Boys or the Never Ending Story. Like the Never Ending Story, the off uh, the power play is just not getting better. You can just go on and on. You know, once you can pull up a list, it's funny. Uh, Forty? No, it's not that. I would say, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I, I'm probably going to go with that one. Uh, the Lost Boys or the Never Ending Story, and of course, when they actually do score, they live. They live, even though it's not really related to. Like being like yeah, but you get the idea. Just the sound of the name, because <laughs> we all know how that movie was actually quite funny and interesting. Not funny. It was good though. Um, Happy the Wild One. Did I retweet that? I didn't. I apologize. I will retweet that now, Derek. Boom. There it goes. I think that's everything. Preview. I did repeat the preview, and then there's the funny one about the raft penalty. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a bleeping penalty against Montreal early in the per- in the period. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think that's everything. Yep, okay. So with that, I will... I'm going to check just in case, but I think that is it. Just in case. But I'm pretty sure they all popped up when I went to the uh, button here. And now it probably won't be in order. Yep, what is this? That's not it. Morning question. Teresa Ferries. Dave Johnson. That's Yeah, that's much long ago. Yep, I miss hearing from Dave. I think I did fairly recently, though, at least. But most of these are not recent, not current. Yep, so I think that's it for now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, Dave was on the last show, actually. That's cool. Then Jay, there he is. I think that should be it all. So with that said, I really appreciate those of you that have interacted with the show. I understand if some of you are busy or just too much crap going on. Oh, here's Mike. I don't think I ever read this one. Nope, that was from way back. Whoops, my bad. I hope I read that on that show. I think I did. <laughs> That's from way back, like a year ago. Crazy how it pulls up ones from all over the place. I hope I did get to everybody, though. That's why I'm checking again. I'm always kind of nervous. I don't want to let people down, like ignore them, you know. Okay, yep, that's that's everything for now. <laughs> With that said, thank you. Those of you that did interact, I always deeply appreciate it. Thank you, Derek, for, re- uh, for retweeting. Thank you so much for... Uh, rounding up the questions and such. Always appreciate what you do. Uh, everyone else out there, again, please tell your friends about the show. Greatly appreciate it. Shoutouts to Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, Chad Walski, Chance Kostick, David Kostick, Kathy Main, David Abraham, Michael Fick. Always appreciate you out there. Hope to hear from some of you more. I should probably interact with them on the Twitter or on Facebook some more. Probably should get more Facebook going, maybe. At some point, at some point, it's not that the Facebook page hasn't really been very active though. It's more the Twitter with uh, Brave the Wild, Purple Mafia seems to be a bit of both, and Timberwolves it's kind of a bit of both as well. Timberwolves explosion. Um, with that said, uh, again continuing shoutouts, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner, awesome page as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, good friendship and such, and allowing me to post links to the show. Uh, MNW Prospects, of course, they do such a phenomenal job, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. It's just the two junior leagues that I cover for that page have not been active. The Q and the BCHL have not been active this year. It's just been a weird year. It is what it is. We all know what's going on, so no reason to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's been nonstop. So, generally speaking, really happy to be a part of MNW Prospects. They're enjoying this tournament and all that. Unfortunately, none of them are Grover fans. What the heck? But at least Isha and Hoppy are both, <laughs> of the Soda Pot, are both cheering for the Gophers. So thank you, guys. 
shout out to you for that. Thank you so much. Always appreciate that. Go Gophers. I mean, we need more support, damn it. Everyone's branched out. Oh, yeah, I'm cool now because I'm a Mavericks fan or I'm a St. Cloud State fan. No, yeah, okay, we're, we're, that's nice. And I know some people might have been from the Twin Cities, but they like those other teams. So it's like they, they branch out because who cares about the Gophers? That's true for the other ones. Nope, I'm sticking with the Gophers. With that said, please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, Audible, or Stitcher. Those are the three places that uh, it's available to be able to do that that I know of. I'm not sure if it's available on the other apps. I always check, but I don't see it. So it is what it is. At the end of the day, well, so see what happens at the end of the day. Thank you for those of you that have written positive ratings. For those of you that could, please do. Really appreciate it. If you could, it only helps the show make a little look uh, look a little better to potential new listeners. Of course, do download the Vigit app and make the referral Paladino Live. Uh, you can join the show as a uh, with with an audio submission. If you'd like to do that, simply record it on your smart device. Open up any free voice recording application out there. Press record, talk, hit stop, and <laughs> share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. With that, I'm going to wrap things up. Hope you have a great week and hope the Wild end up winning three games in a row this upcoming week. 